The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. I got a fever, and the only prescription is smoke. Over the line! I'm sorry, Smokey, you were over the line. That's the problem. Is the cigar authority. Is it true that if you don't use it, you lose it? The authority. Is that a serious question? On everything cigar. No, it wasn't. Yeah. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit smoking. And out of the cigar industry. Sounds pretty awesome. With your host. You have to use so many cuss words. David Garofalo. Whenever I'm about to do something, I think, would an idiot do that? And if they would, I do not do that thing. Mr. Jonathan. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. Barry Stump. Put scotch on the rocks. Any scotch will do, as long as it's not a blend, of course. Uh, any single malt. Glenlivet, Glenfiddich, perhaps. Maybe Glengow, any Glen. It's time to light them up. Sounds really fun. It's time. Cool. Cool. Cool, cool. For the Cigar Authority. I gotta have more cowbell. Light them up, light them up, light them up, everybody. Saturday, January 13th, 2018, broadcasting live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Sound Set. Today, we're going to talk about opening up a cigar shop. Have you ever thought about doing it someday? I'm going to tell you why you should and why you shouldn't and what it takes to be really good at it. Welcome, everybody, to a special edition of the Cigar Authority. It's the Smooth Jazz Edition. You're listening to The Cigar Authority, broadcasting over eight years, making it the longest continually running cigar podcast. Awarded the Ambassadors of Cigars by Cigar Journal Magazine. Awarded the Top 10 Educational Podcast by Podbean four years in a row. The Cigar Authority is the most listened to cigar podcast in the world. Cigar Radio at its finest. The Cigar Authority is a proud member of the United Podcast Network. Catch the podcast on demand at any time or our daily blog on the Cigar Authority. You know why we're number one at Cigar Podcasting? Consistency. All right, calm down. Never a tape show, always live. The show must go on no matter what. We're going to talk about opening your cigar store, and you know what? The store has to be open no matter what. No matter what. The show has to be on no matter what. That's correct. So we're doing an audible. We're changing the show's content today, which was going to be about blind taste testing. We're going to do the blind taste testing show next week because... Mr. Jonathan, we'll go with first, uh, had an operation yesterday and had his four wisdom teeth taken out at the same time. All four. All four. So he's packed with gauze and he's got holes in his mouth and all this stuff like this. He's here. Drinking my own blood. Right. With every swallow. It's it's good. It's good. It's good. But you have experience swallowing. If you use today's show as a way to get in your words edgewise and they're all directed toward me, they will be. I will stab you, and I'm just going to put my knife right up on the table. Yeah. You're going to need a bigger knife. Well, he's got a gun on the other hip if that's what you want. So, uh, and, and for me, if you can hear it in my voice, I've had a terrible uh, cold, maybe flu. I don't know what's the matter with me. Uh, swallowing, tasting, everything's not working out too well. So not the ideal time to do a blind taste test no. and try to show off to you how good we are and being able to taste things. Although we did have a blind taste test last night. I heard it went unbelievable. It was great. Uh, Oliver Nouveau from United Cigars did it. There was about 30 people here, and everybody smoking two cigars at the same time, one in one hand, one in the other. Very interesting if you've never done it before. You don't know what the brands are, and you know, you're deciding what you like better in appearance. Uh, with the ash, with the draw, with the burn, and finally with the flavor. But we are still going to do that. We are, next week. We'll do it next week. We'll do it next yeah. week. Because I had picked a cigar, two cigars to do, and Jonathan picked two cigars to do. And, you know, 
Well, we obviously if knew which. I was gonna, I was gonna attempt smoking if I was done bleeding, but I'm not done, so I can't. The, you get that whole dry socket thing, which for people that don't realize, dry socket has nothing to do with smoke. Jonathan has a light flow today. It has yeah. to do with. <laughs> The sucking, so I can't suck on a straw. I you can't couldn't suck, suck on any a... more than you do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, yeah. It's like that was too easy. I'm leaving it alone. Uh, <laughs> do you want to move your knife from the right to the left? Nope. He still hasn't pissed me off as much as you have already today. So. But yes, they tell you not to suck to a straw. Obviously. Yeah, because if you dislodge that blood clot, your nerves are exposed, and that's where the pain comes in. Yeah. So I cannot pull on anything. I got to pour drinks in my mouth. I haven't had anything solid to eat in two days. It's, it's been brutal. So let me ask you: They they get put you to sleep? They put me to sleep, and like every other major surgery of my entire life, I woke up halfway through. And I see the doc talking with his assistant, and they're leaning over the instruments. They had just pulled the top teeth out or whatever's going on. And I, I look at him. I go, hey, I can feel everything. And they, both of their eyes pop open, and they look at me and shoot me up with more of whatever the hell they were shooting me they, up with. They zip up after? And then, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd like you to button my fly when you're done, sir. Yes, sir. And then I don't know what's going on they here. went back to it. Really? Terrible, right? Horrible, horrible. Uh... Uh, I would say as far as the pain goes, I never was in pain more than an 8 out of 10. Uh, when I had my double hernia surgery, that went to a 10 out of 10. Uh, this was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I uh, am glad I did all four at the same time because oh, each day no. the, the pain goes lower and lower. And uh, I can eat stuff of more substance. No, I'd recommend don't do four at the same time. Bang them out, man. Bang them out. Oh, my God. This is the time of year to do it. We're a little slower in January. Yeah. I got coverage. I only had to take one day off. It's good. So Barry's usually the cougher in this episode. I think this will yes. be the, the coughing, although Jonathan can't cough. If I cough or sneeze, I will die. I'll be shooting clots out. It's just going to be like bloody so, bullets. So Barry will be blowing pe- pepper at you. Yeah. <laughs> it did run through my mind. Yeah, as it goes on. So I'm, even though I can't taste anything, I'm going to smoke anyway because... Why not? I, I did it. The, the doesn't. It's not gonna make it any worse than it is. No, now. it certainly can't. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna light up a cigar from the care package, Barry. Right. Yep. So today's cigar was supposed to be next week's cigar, and it's the Griffin. It's manufactured in the Dominican Republic by Davidoff. We are smoking the Prestige, which measures seven and a half by fifty, and it features a true Connecticut wrapper over Dominican binder and fillers. It's part of the Cigar Authority care package, and a single cigar price is thirteen ninety nine, while a box price is just two hundred and seven dollars, which is a savings of just under one hundred forty three dollars. What? Or forty percent off the single price at TwoGuysCigars.com. Did you do the math right on that? If you're too far away from a brick and mortar retailer that carries it, try Two Guys Cigars. Com. That's the number two, GuyCigars.com. And I would order by Monday before Dave realizes his mistake. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Giving away and by the box. Let's see what it's that's impressive. all about. Okay, it's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand. While all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. <coughs> My ears are so clogged. What, what do I sound like? It, it, uh, the whole thing sounds terrible. Yeah, you sound a little terrible. Yeah? <laughs> you sound right. like you're talking like holding your nose. Really? Yes. Yeah, this is tough. 
So you're going to have to help me as far as taste. Jonathan is not tasting. I'm out. So the aroma off the foot of the cigar is buttered popcorn. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can do this all day. Berry stone. I'm going to assume Ed agrees with me. Ed I do. Yeah. This tends to be a mild cigar. It's a big cigar. What did you say? Almost eight. Seven and a half by 50. Yeah. And the it's cold drawer has that classic Davidoff flavor, a little bit of hay, a little bit of earth, a um, little bit of cedar. It's a classic Hanky Kellner profile. But compared to a Davidoff, much lower in price. Much lower in price, especially by the box. Yeah. So if you were smoking, Mr. Jonathan, what would you light this cigar with? I would be lighting this cigar with the Lotus Mercury. This features two jets that are kind of turned and angled in toward each other. you got an easy adjustment wheel at the bottom. you got a flip-out bullet punch. This is the Lotus Mercury, and it retails for $29.99. There's that uh, Barry Stein liner. It's, uh, we've got a little delay going on in the store. I was so right, I deserved it twice. Buttered popcorn. If Orville Redenbacher made a cigar, it would have smelled just like that. It's amazing with a cold how you can't taste. So picking up these subtle flavors that I tell you were in cigars, they're so subtle. You're smoking, you're smoking a cigar like everybody else right now. That's hey. what's happening. Your senses have been de-heightened. And so I'm smoking. The, I can't tell you the two cigars because I don't know actually how he does it. Different cigars at each one of these um, tasting events, the blind taste testing he does. But he did two totally different cigars, you would think. To me, they tasted exactly the same. Really? Because I was clogged up. And, the pe- and then you're hearing all kinds of people talk about, you know, well, this one's much stronger than that one. And to me, exact. Well, it tastes like greasy chicken soup, which I have been <laughs> drinking for three days. You're welcome. It doesn't work, by the way. It doesn't work the way you did it. Yeah. You've got to drink a, a half a gallon of this stuff. You've got to get the flushing going. But maybe it is working. Maybe it would be, you'd be worse, worse if you didn't take it. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. I've been drinking the soup. So <clears throat> I'm going to just go along with this show and smoke it, but <laughs> I have... When somebody tells me about a cigar that has no flavor, this is it, because there is no flavor. Hey, uh, so, Barry? Yes, sir? Are you picking up any Chinese pea pods? Uh, no, and I never will. <laughs> Let me give myself the crickets. So the initial, the initial flavor profile on this cigar, mm-hmm. is, it's mild uh, in strength and actually in body as well. Um, but there's... Some earthy components, a little grassiness, some hay. It's very much, you could tell it's a Davidoff family cigar. Okay. It just has that distinct hinky the profile. Yeah, it's a beautiful looking cigar. A little, uh, little veiny component to the, uh, the outside wrapper. It's not completely flawless like you would uh, expect from a regular Davidoff, but it's a lower price product. Yeah. Do you, th- do you think it's a Davidoff with the ingredients that weren't quite possibly perfect and turned that into a Griffin? Is it that close to the flavor I, of a Davidoff? I, I, I think it is. Really? I think it is. Okay. If, you, if you gave this to me without a band, I would like to think I would have guessed a Davidoff. Or at the very least, you'd guess Hanky. So you know this brand is called The Griffin. Right. Not Griffin. 
The Griffin. And it's The Griffin because The Griffin is the name of a private club in England, maybe? I believe you're correct. Yeah, and um, this was a private label that was made for that private club. No kidding. And later on, they took the distribution, and later on, they took the brand back, and it's theirs, and it continues up, just like they did with Avo. I'm going to hold on to the cigar, because I really feel I feel out of place. Like, what the hell am I doing? What are you doing here? You can leave at any time. What the hell am I doing? Okay, so let's get to it. So you want to open a cigar shop. Don't. Which is usually the case that, you know, people come to me all the time and say, I think I'm opening a cigar shop. What do you recommend? And I recommend usually don't do it because it isn't all it appears to be. That everybody thinks that, oh, you just go in, you, you rent four walls and you plop your stuff in and you stand there and you hang out with the boys and you smoke cigars every day and that's it. And the money rolls in and... Uh, it's that simple. It's like turning on a faucet. It is that easy. Yes. That's how it looks anyways. That's how it looks, and uh, nothing can be more um, false. And that's Well, you're sick right now, but you're still here working. I'm here working. I'm doing the show, and the show was done to help the retail, and, you know, we opened. The, there was a snowstorm we had uh, this week. Tuesday. Tuesday. Um, we have three stores. The other two stores closed. The store that I work at and the store that you work at opened, obviously, because me and him went in. Right. In Ed Sullivan. That's correct. Because the show must go on. The show must go on. We did a uh, podcast that day. We had it all, yeah, all did, going on. Yeah, we did some, got stuff done. And, and that's the mentality that happens. And it's interesting that uh, you, you're a disc jockey. You know, as you're disc jockeying somebody's wedding or something, it doesn't matter if you have the flu. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. What ended up happening, you must be there. It's a guarantee. It's 100%. It's, you, and at the point married, that I, you have to be there. At the point that I couldn't guarantee it, at the point where the money no longer mattered and it didn't matter anymore and I, I could not guarantee that I was going to kill myself to do it, I had to stop. Yeah. I had to stop. And that's what the mentality should be if you're opening your own business, no matter what the business Correct. is. Correct. Even a cigar shop that looks like it's the simplest thing of all. Um, people look at Two Guys Smoke Shop, for instance, and have no idea. They look at you and they see you doing something that you obviously love. You come to work every single day. And so they, they make the false assumption, I think, that it must be easy. It wasn't easy. Because you are always you are always smiling. You're yeah. very happy. People come in. Hey, what's happening? It's easier than it was. Well, take to, us to, back. Take us to, back to, to, to the to, early time. Yeah. To a, <coughs> so I opened with a friend of mine. And knock on wood, we got lucky because I'll get a little into that, that later on of should you take a partner in or not. But I opened with a friend of mine. And in one year, he was out. But we opened with $6,000 each. But again, 1985. Um, not enough capital for sure working capital you need a lot of it um and i had a regular full-time job which was nightclub djing and i would take my money every single week that i made nightclub djing and throw it into the the pit of two guys smoke shop which just ate the money away so flushed it away going and here we go again going back to then you'd be working until two three in the morning by the time you get everything cleaned up yep. And then you're opening a cigar shop at 6 a.m.? 6 a.m. Well, I, I, a smoke shop at the time. 
Right. Two Guys Smoke Shop, which was had a whole bunch of different things. It was, just wasn't cigars. <coughs> but you don't know when business was going to come, especially starting it out. So we opened in Somerville, Massachusetts. Rough neighborhood. You have the grates? Metal grates locked up. And, you know, you go in the snow and you shovel your way into the store, unlock the grates, open it up, and you wait for hopefully customers to come. Make the coffee. Yep, and customers come or don't come or whatever, and you sit there and you just wait and wait and wait, and then you figure out over a course of some years what's the right hours because you don't know. So we're opening at 6 o'clock in the morning, we're closing at 8 o'clock at night, and we're trying to figure out what's the right hours to do it. Basically, the hours that you're not DJing is really what <laughs> is really what you're opening, plus or minus the three you allowed for sleep. Right. And uh, you're exhausted from your regular work. You're, you're somewhat depressed of doing fifty dollars in sales for the day, and it doesn't cover the rent. How much did it piss you off back then that you're doing fifty dollars for the entire day, and some jackass comes in with his cigar already going, and he doesn't? He hangs out for three hours and doesn't buy a cigar. Never happened. Never really? happened in those days. No way. This is that's a thing of of this, this next generation or something, and that's another show that we'll get into. But by the way, Dave, twelve thousand dollars in nineteen eighty five when you figure in inflation. At the end of last year, it was twenty-seven five. Yeah, twenty-seven thousand five hundred. You need ten times that. Yep. Ten times that to even consider this. Um, they say you'll never work another day in your life if you own your own business. If you love doing what you're doing, you'll never have another day off the rest of your life. Is more correct. Like it. It's more like it. Yeah. So yes, I love doing what I'm doing, but no, it is not easy at all. It is very, very hard, and you have to consider yourself to work more hours than you ever did before in your life and get paid the least amount you've ever got paid your whole life. And, you know, I remember moving up here to New Hampshire after 10 years, and me and my brother, who later became my partner in the business, saying to me, he had done the math the night before. He said, you know, we could have worked at McDonald's and made twice as much as we do now. This is 10 years into the business. And then it starts showing after that. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a marathon. People tend to stay in this business for generations, though. You got Fuente with four generations, Padron with three, Perdomo, Rafael, and his son are in. Placenti has got three. The Fuegos are at least three. You got uh, the Nelson Squared, J.C. Newman on their fourth generation, Papine, his son and daughter, uh, J.R.E. Tobacco with uh, the guys that do Aladino, father and two sons. You, know, you, you look at that and you say, all right, well, this must be the industry to be in because these people never get out and the next generation comes and the next generation comes. So why wouldn't that play into a retail operation? You know, and you also got lucky. You started in 1985 and you said things got better in the late 90s or the mid 90s. Yeah. You were in the right place at the right time with the cigar boom. Yes. Right now, the right this isn't the right place. This is, this is not the, right. the whole FDA right time, right place. It's more like the wrong time. Although they told me in '85, uh, it started dropping off in the '70s. Um, consumption of tobacco products dropped off in, uh, in the '70s. So by 1985, um, the reps were coming in saying, "Am I out of my mind?" In 1985, they didn't say say that in the, the mid '90s. It was like everybody was getting in at that point. You don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. Is this a good time for the cigar industry? I would say, looking at it today, no. But let's talk about that five years from now and say, oh, my God, look how uh, things improved or look how things got got much worse. That was actually know. a good time. You don't know what's going to happen. It's a crapshoot. So it's a crapshoot, as is getting into your own business, whatever it is. It's a crapshoot. Um, the positive part is, yes, you can work very, very hard and make a living 
or barely make a living or do do good and, and is it you know what what is the chances or you could lose it all and and i'd say your odds are more in favor of losing it all you got a better shot of losing it all yeah there are more failed businesses yeah. than successful businesses of everything yep um, but the guys that have done well with it uh, you got christian aroa steve saka nick Malillo, phil zangi they got out and then came right back in as soon as they could but What's the allure? You don't see that in the retail side of it. Yes, you do see that in the manufacturing end. They got what we call tobacco in your blood. You know, you're working tobacco and you're a farmer, basically, or a brand owner or what somebody bought you out. But when it comes to retail, can, can you imagine being in retail for a long time, selling your retail business, and then going home regular hours and, and uh, when you're sick, staying home? and not going to work, and then say, geez, I miss that. I miss going to work sick, no matter Playing what. Playing hurt. Yeah, no matter what. Um, I, you don't see people coming back. There's not a bounce back to retail. When you're out, you're out. Why do you think that most businesses end up failing? You get that three- to five-year window. So let's say cigar shop. The guy opens a cigar shop with his uh, 27000 Let's round it up to thirty. He starts with $30,000. It's going good for maybe... Uh, the first half of the year. And Why he, is this guy well, going to fail? He runs out of money is the, is the first thing that ends up happening because a snowstorm could put him out of business. It snowed out for three days. Nobody came around. He's out of business because, you the know, your electric bill, do, yeah, right? all these things still accumulate no matter what. Your, your cable bill, your rent, your electric, your, your, everything ends up happening. You got to pay the snowplow guy and you're dead. So you need working capital for those things that end up happening. Um, the biggest thing probably is anybody gets into any business, whatever it is. Let's say you're a great cook and you, you make a mean sauce and you make a great meatball. You're going to open an Italian restaurant because you're a great cook. And you do serve good food, but you have no idea of how to run a business. Yes, you can cook. You should work, you should work at a restaurant. You shouldn't own the restaurant. In the same in cigars, you know about your cigars. Maybe maybe you should have a, a blog or you should have a uh, podcast talking about cigars. But to actually run a cigar store, run a cigar business, you need the second word. You need the business end of it. It is a business. It is. So you need to know everything. You need to know your, your drop-dead costs and what it costs you to open the door in the morning and what you need to end up accomplishing. And I guarantee you, you don't swing the door open and it happens that day. It's a building process. So you're going to look at it. You're going to say, it's going to take me three years to, to get to the break-even point. And then at that point, I start making money. And so, you, again, it's going to be a, a seven-year process before you start earning the kind of money. And it took us more than 10 to earn the kind of money of what you were paying somebody. What is it? Um, what is it at what point did you decide, I'm going to go all in, and this is now sink or swim? Because let's face it, you got two jobs early on. It's not sink or swim. The, the, the one business can keep failing as long as your other business is doing well, and it was doing well. Right, three years. So I didn't give up the other business for three years. So I kept the night, nightclub business going. I'm three years into it and waiting to see the growth of it and said, okay, and watching it and saying, if I pull out and I stop feeding this business after three years, can I possibly still keep it afloat? 
because no more income is going to come in from the other job. Right. So I'm watching it and watching it, paying attention to see if I get to that point. When as soon as I got to that point, I said, okay, and I'm going to grow dramatically after that point because remember, I'm exhausted. Exactly. And, and, I, and I'm operating, you know, with one hand tied behind my back. This will be 100% of my focus will be into this and, and it's going to go even further that I can go. So I waited three years. As soon as that time came mathematically that it was, I said, okay, give up that job because, and then it grew, I, I, a year later, I opened store number two. A year later, I opened store number three because I was able to And isn't that the model that uh, we see with uh, Omar DeFrias deciding he's giving up working for NASA? Correct, same thing. And that's it. And he goes in and doubles his, uh, seemingly doubles his business overnight. I'm sure a lot of that was going to happen anyways. But um, all of a sudden, all of his attention can go on to his business and the floodgates appear to start opening. Many people look at just the floodgates opening. They don't look at what it took to build up that yeah. that there flow. Was, there was no way he was operating on seven days a week and doing on three, seven days a week working, but three days a week on his on his cigar business and being able to give it a hundred percent because you're giving less than fifty percent, right? Correct. And you're exhausted on top of that, so you're probably running about thirty percent. And it seems like that's more important in the cigar industry. I mean, if you look at some of the successful retailers that watch our show, Larry Thomas, he still has his barbershop going. Mm. You look at uh, Lou Rodriguez that we did uh, our show with Mickey Blake's. He yep. still has a construction company going. It's almost like you need to have a second business to run a successful cigar business. Until it gets going, yep. uh, unless you're, you're, you're rich or you got um, some uh, somebody else's working capital that you're able to operate off of. I didn't. Um, I would say to you, you need about three hundred thousand dollars to properly do this, get your store open and have some working capital to be able to survive. <coughs> Assuming you don't have three hundred thousand dollars, what are your options at that point? Um, because failure is how much the- does location play into it is there a reason why you hear location typically three times when someone says it location 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 in retail the most important um, thing is location um, and the second most important thing is location that's the whole idea of what that is so somebody can Remember, now, one out of a 1,000 people use our product. Right. So a 1,000 cars drive by in the course of a day, and we have a big sign out there that says cigars. Mm -hmm. So one out of a 1,000 people use the product. That doesn't guarantee that that person's shopping in this store. No, they just say, oh, I smoke cigars. There's a cigar store, and at least you got a chance to end up getting that person. Um, short of that, what you, you have to do is advertise your, your cigar shop enough so to drive people to it so you become a destination point. They actually got in the car destined to go to your store. Right. That's a destination location. So I get, in that case, it really doesn't matter where you are. If you're just a destination point, that's where they're heading out to. That's big but money. wouldn't it be nice to be both? You're going to be the destination location that you're going to advertise and promote yourself enough, which is big money, is right, to get them driving there. And for the person that didn't happen to hear the ad or understand that you were there, happened to drive by, now you get the best of both worlds. Again, very expensive proposition because your location, 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 a prime location is very expensive. I've had both. I've had the... Bad location, three different stores, and then I opened the next three stores at great locations. Right, you learned. I learned. 
great location is the answer to do. I couldn't do it. I a couldn't great do location that's like right off a highway could triple your the amount yeah. of oh, people. Oh my God! But if you're like landlocked in the midi- middle of a city, with really no easy way in or out, you're limiting yourself to a a shorter square mile. And the next thing you know, your locals yeah. are your customers, and that's it. What about inventory? How crucial is carrying a lot of inventory? Inventory is the name of the game. That's what you're there to sell. And the prices never go down. They only go up. So inventory is a key. It's, it's uh, Buying is sometimes more important than selling if you're buying right. If something's on deal or something, you should be buying a lot more. But maybe you get 10 20% off. Maybe you're not even making 10 20%. Or you're doubling what your sure. profit is on that product because you actually bought it right. If you're going to end up going through that product, why would you not buy it and take the profit as, as you receive the product in of it? The only reason would be not to do that is you don't have the money to be able to do it. And I would go as far as to say even borrow the money. Well, I've heard you talk about uh, a second mortgage a couple of times. I've, I've second mortgaged the house so many times, it's unbelievable. Tell me, tell me and the listeners about the first time, how was that received by your family? How did they feel about you just taking out a second mortgage? Not good. Not good. (laughs) But think about it if you're going to a bank and you're saying to the bank, listen, I want to borrow $100,000 because I want to buy all this product and I can buy it really cheap at a better deal and I'm going to be selling it. So in the course of the year, I'm going to end up be selling. So let me borrow $100,000. They're looking through your paperwork and say, wow, the guy's got... um, over $100,000 um, in the good side of his mortgage, wonder why he doesn't second mortgage his house. Because he doesn't believe in himself, but he's asking us to believe in him. Because of course, it's a good bet. If, if you know you're gonna sell the product, and you're gonna buy it 20% off, let's take that $100,000. You're gonna save $20,000 just by loaning yourself that money, right. and then selling that product off, and you made $20,000. How many times can you would you would you do this? The answer is as many times as is feasible, right? Right. Every time you end up borrowing money from yourself, you make an extra twenty thousand dollars. You do it over and over and over again, right? You got a, a machine that you put hundred thousand dollars in, hundred twenty pops out. When do you start putting that hundred thousand dollars in? Never. Just keep putting it in. But you end up going to the bank because you don't believe in yourself, actually. So that becomes a big red flag to the bank is, is looking at this. You know, they're looking at all your information and stuff. You're not even willing to, to gamble on yourself. Now, in your infinite wisdom, because you're so creative at naming things, uh, there were two guys that started Two Guys Smoke Shop. That's so it. you started calling it Two Guys Smoke Shop. That's it. How, a lot of energy went into that one, huh? How much <laughs> do you value... Uh, starting things with a partnership. Where, where would that fall in, in your list of advice? I, I would highly advise against it. And I got very, very lucky that me and Paul, um, who I started Two Guys Smoke Show with, are still best friends. Uh, but let me tell you, during the, while you're doing it, it's starting to go south because one person thinks one way, one thinks the other. You start losing money together, it doesn't go good. And I I would say a a good 80% of them end up never speaking to that person again. It ends very, very badly. Don't go into business with your friends or family. Family, another one. So my second partner becomes my brother. Again, it, it didn't end up well, he passed away. But it could have went sour as far as our relationship, knock on wood, everything went good too. But believe me, there's a lot of give and take when it comes to that, that you got to, okay, I'm going to do it his way. And and in his case, 
doing it my way because I know how I am. You know how I am. I know who you are. Yeah. There's no chance that it was going to be his way. <laughs> <laughs> you, you talk about capital and a lot of mistakes that small businesses make, they live out of the cash register. Mm. And I've seen that in a lot of businesses. Yeah. You can't live off the money in the till. It's not yours. Right. You so have to reinvest and then give yourself a set salary. Right. And, and the lowest salary in the company, you know, it's enough to barely squeak by. That's the amount of the salary, including cigars. I mean, me and my brother's uh, thing was we bought cigars ourselves. Whatever we wanted, we had to go buy it just so one person didn't smoke more cigars than the other person. Sure. Didn't. Just whatever we could do to make it so there's going to be no mistake that ends up going to happen here. And we paid ourselves, I think at the beginning we were getting $3 an hour or something like that. And then we put ourselves on salary, which ends up being a problem. Then if we end up saying, okay, we're going to get $150, well, you didn't work 50 hours a week. I did 60, you did 50. Oh, you know, and just, one person's looking at the other person and stuff it doesn't go well it, you know you're better off hiring your friend because you can fire your friend and keep your friend but the business thing can break up it, it's it's happened and it's it succeeded to some degree but you're really asking for trouble so decide with that person uh am i okay if this thing ends up going sour and i'm never going to speak to that person ever again including well before we, before we get into hiring uh employees why don't we take a break and uh, when we come back, if Dave hasn't talked you out of it yet, we're going to get into design, layout, inventory, advertising, grand opening, and ongoing plans, and the back end, knowing the numbers, and more. You want to open your own cigar shop, huh? We're live in Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. This is David Garofalo, and you've heard me say it over and over again for many years. Please support your local cigar retailer. And I mean it. If you don't buy from them, they will go away, and then what? There'll be no place to go. That being said, sometimes you're far away from any cigar shops or a place that doesn't carry the stuff you've been hearing about and you want to try it. That's where TwoGuysCigars.com comes in. It's the number, twoguyscigars.com. And unlike most online cigar shops, at twoguyscigars.com, you can buy a single cigar of whatever you want. You don't have to buy boxes or even five packs and suffer through cigars you might not even like. One of this and one of that is acceptable, appreciated, and commonplace at twoguyscigars.com. That's the number, twoguyscigars.com. Thank you for your business. Ooh, we're gonna have fun. When the Cigar Authority returns on the United Podcast Network. There was a time when cigars were the hallmark of elegance and success. In this time gone by, the aficionado would revel in opening a beautiful box, only to find their favorite celebratory smoke emblazoned with a heritage-laden band. It's time to put the bundle down and travel back to this golden age. For your voyage, may we humbly suggest the only cigar worthy of being packaged in a handmade marble box. Berlin Wall Series from Hammer & Sickle. 
live well. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm -hmm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the diamond crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium diamond crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit DiamondCrown.com. I want to talk to you today about my friend Glenn Case from Christoph Cigars. I've known him for many years. Glenn is a very nice guy, one of the nicest guys in the industry. Always friendly, always happy. So when I heard his brand Christoph was pissed off, I was surprised. Christoph cigars have always been known as smooth and rich, and the pissed off Christoph is just that. But there's something else happening here. A natural San Andreas wrapper, the binder, Indonesian, and the filler, Nicaraguan. And like Glenn Case, the cigar starts off sweet, but then it gets pissed off. And like Bruce Banner, you don't want to piss off Glenn Case about Christoph cigars. Or do you? Expect some spins and a nicotine kick. Strap yourself in for a ride. Pissed off Christoph is deceivingly strong. You've been warned. Sold in 10-count boxes, four sizes including Churchill, 6x60, Robusto, and Corona Gorda. The hottest new brand is the Pissed Off Kristoff. Take it for a ride. Since 1964, Padron Cigars have had the same mission. With over 50 years spent to create a perfect cigar, and more than 100 years to create a perfect legacy, the Padron family understands the significance of time. Padron delivers only the finest handmade complex cigars with the flavor of the Cuban heritage, out of which the Padron recipe was born. The Padron mission is simple, exceptional quality of their cigars and not the quantity produced. As a vertically integrated family-owned company, personal attention to every detail is taken in all steps of the tobacco growing and cigar making process. Padron Cigars, they give you, the cigar smoker, the confidence that each cigar is the same. Perfect. Padron Cigars, handcrafted since 1964. I want to tell you about my friend Hochi Blanco, a fourth-generation Dominican cigar maker known for growing tobacco and producing highly acclaimed cigars for other people. If some things stay the same, other things have to change. Finally, Hochi's factory, Tobacalera Palmer, has produced a cigar that not only belongs to the factory, but pays homage to the cigar rolling room known as La Galera. The La Galera Connecticut blend is special, using an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper surrounding a Dominican blend of Peloto Cubano, Criollo 98, and a varietal that Hochi named T112. With exception of the wrapper, Hochi grows all of the La Galera tobaccos himself and carefully watches over every step. 
the flavor smooth, but still offering plenty of flavor in all sizes, paying homage to the people and tools used in the factory. Now for the amazing part. La Galera, Connecticut has a suggested retail price ranging from $4.95 to $6 and has been awarded the Cigar of the Year by the Cigar Authority. La Galera, Connecticut, creating their own version of the Connecticut cigar because they demand more. This is Jerry from Ben and Jerry's Ice Cream, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority. And we are back live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Sound Stage, right above Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. I've founded, owned, and operated a cigar shop for 33 years with lots of success. But maybe I can help you not make some of the mistakes that I did because there were lots of mistakes. Welcome back, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. You had uh, started alluding to the hours of operation. You'd get done uh, wrapping up your DJ work at 3 in the morning, and then for some unknown reason and ungodly reason, you're opening up at 6 a.m. because you think... Because I was next to a bus stop, the first store, and people were standing at the bus stop in front of the store at 6 o'clock in the morning because you got to check these things out before you even open, right? Sure. When the people hanging around. A recon, stuff. they yeah. call that. So you'd look and say, wow, people standing there at 6 o'clock in the morning, maybe they would want a cup of coffee, maybe they would need a cigar, maybe they would need the newspaper, maybe they would need all the things that we carried. Remember, in, in 1985, there were no cigar shops. They were smoke shops. That's why we call it smoke shop. And it had all kinds of different things in it because there weren't enough for cigar smokers then. Baseball cards, candy yep. bars, newspapers, Kids magazines. Going to school. Absolutely. So it was everything. So we got the guys waiting for the bus on the way to work. We carried Wall Street Journal and Investors Daily and the guys going in for that type of business. And then 7 o'clock would come and the kids that were going to school or something and come in to get baseball cards and penny candy and all that stuff. And then 8 o'clock would come and then it was the local businesses around coming and maybe to get a coffee and get some smokes or whatever they were doing and figure out from there. Five o'clock would come. People are coming back from work. I'm at the bus stop again. Okay, let me see how much further I can go. Eight o'clock, it started getting really dark and scary, and it's time to lock up and put the chains on the door because it was rough neighborhoods. And it's almost time to go to work. Right. It's time to go to work <laughs> so because i got to get, get going there. At what point do you change the hours from opening at 6 o'clock, does that have to do with the changeover from being a smoke shop to being a cigar shop? Uh, Other than Ed Sullivan and myself, I don't, and, and Barry, I don't know anyone that smokes cigars first thing in the morning with breakfast. But you have to go get your cigars, and that's the thing. So assuming a guy works from 9 to 5, and he works in Boston, and I'm in Somerville, Everett or East Boston. He's going into Boston. He works from 9 to 5. He can only get you before 9 to 5 or after ni- or after 5. Before sure. 9. Or- so there again, if you look at, oh, I'm only going to do it 9 to 5, then the working man, the guy with the money, cannot shop in your store ever. So then you say, oh, what do I got to do? So I got to be there early for him. I got to be later for him. And then there's going to be weekends also. So he can definitely shop there on weekends. Oh, but most people want to close on weekends and things like that. Well, you certainly can't close on, on Saturday. And then again, you got, when do you clean the place out and mop the floors and do all that stuff? Because all that goes to it, too. And you don't do that during while people are walking in and out sure. of the store and keep the place clean and mop up and all the things you have to end up doing. So it's a lot longer than you think. The hours are a lot longer. And 
when do you think you do your books and your ordering and all that? I remember in those days, we used to place orders from cigar companies, and you'd have their phone number, and it was high-tech because you'd call and they'd have the recorder. They'd place a recorder there. So at 3 o'clock in the morning, when I got done DJing, while I was DJing and writing up the order of how many boxes of different cigars I want, I get home and go on the phone and place my order to the answering machine at 3 o'clock in the morning, get a few hours sleep, start the process again over and over and over and over again. So it, it became a lot of ridiculous hours. It was, I'd say, a good four years before we changed the hours. And then said, okay, let's start trimming it down and trimming it down. To this day, we're still open on Thursday and Friday nights till 8 o'clock. Right. What is the slowest hours of the... Uh, uh, from 6 th- until 8 o'clock at night. Every Thursday, Thursday and, and Friday. Friday. And it's like... But there's, the- a, there's a few guys that are oh so happy. They because it's the only time they here. can come. They cannot get here during the week. And, they, and, and any, anybody that lives around here or something knows don't come around here on Saturday and Sunday because the traffic is heavy and they try to stay away sure. and stuff. So you try to look at pockets and stuff where you can keep the business going. And, you know, certainly we talked about the snowstorm. Three of us ended up coming to a snowstorm. You know the numbers we ended up doing. It was a failure. It Complete was a failure. But there were, we ended up with 22 people that came in that day. And imagine a guy making the trip all the way not, and you're not there that he ended right. up. For, so yeah, you're, you're doing it for him. Dave, I can't tell you how happy those people were. Right. <laughs> they, you know, we got... Who knows how many phone calls? Are you really open today? Yeah. Yes, we are. And just the joy. So of- what you get out of that is the lifetime value of the customer at that point. Not the few cigars that he made the purchase of it that day, because that certainly uh, didn't even pay the salaries of the people that worked. Never mind the, the mortgage, never mind the electric bill, uh, the snowplow guy, everything that goes along with it. It became a total loss. But it's not a total loss. I say that, but it's the opposite of a total loss, that those people may be very, very loyal to us right. when another opportunity comes and say, yeah, you know, but whatever. They opened when they, no one else did. Yeah, because nobody else did. That's right. So there we were. So some of the things you end up ha- having to give up, which is your time and stuff, and I'll say that even to a family to end of it. You know, you're going to own your own cigar shop. You're not going to be the father of the year. It's impossible because the kids' game is on Saturday. You've got to be there on Saturday. Or the, the recital is, is such and such a day and this night and things like that and the parents' teacher conference and all this stuff. You've you, you got you to make a, a, a major choice if you want to be successful. Yes, you can be a half-ass retailer and, and do a lousy job and barely make a living and stuff, but if you want to end up being successful, you've got to kind of give it up, and, and, and the balance is very, very tough. Very to do tough. But when, you, when the kids get older, they'll realize the sacrifices you made to provide for them to do that recital, to play in that, that baseball right. yeah, game. Yeah, I don't think Gianna hates you too much. Not too much. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all, right, all right. That ding-ding means it's time for the matchup of the week brought to you by VS. VS means versus, but it stands for Victor Sinclair. Victor Sinclair cigars, who would win this hypothetical battle? And today we were going to do the blind taste test. And the blind right. taste test is much to do with where most people understand a blind taste test, old enough to remember. 1985, coincidentally, the same year I opened Two Guys Smoke Shop, became the Pepsi Challenge. I remember that. The Pepsi Challenge. 
And uh, Wait, was, well, what beach were they doing this at? Because I used to go to the beach all the time in 1985. I yeah. never saw them. Do I the did it. I, I participated in it a couple really? of times. Yeah. So it was down my way, Revere Beach or whatever, uh, because I've seen it. I did it. And I saw it in New York in Coney Island. Yeah. So it's Coke versus Pepsi. You can't say neither either, Mr. Jonathan. It's Coke I don't versus drink soda. Pepsi. You can't say that. But I don't drink soda. So what? You've right, had both. No, if I pick one. It's Pepsi in a glass, uh, in the, the little six-ounce glass uh, bottle, if I was going to pick one. For me, it's Coca-Cola all day, every day. I like that it's sweeter. I like that it's a little bit thicker. It's not sweeter. Pepsi sweeter. But to me, Coca-Cola tastes more, you would more caramel-like, more syrupy. And look, it's better for you. Do you remember when we were young and you had an upset stomach? Our parents would go out and get just the pure Coke syrup. Because it had cocaine in it. That's why it made you feel better. <laughs> do you re- how how do you- old do you think he is? Old enough to have done cocaine. <laughs> do you remember? You are correct. Do you, you ever do it in, in school that somebody brought a tooth in? You would have been perfect. Did you take your teeth, by the way? No. Yeah. You bring your tooth in the school, and the teacher would get your tooth and put it in a cup and pour Coca-Cola in it. And everybody would watch, and in three days, the, the, the tooth would disappear. It would totally disappear. I don't think it's good for you, Barry. It's not, right, it's it's not a health not. food. Yeah. If I smile, you'll just know how bad it is for me. How about Dr. Pepper versus Mr. Pibb? Never heard of Mr. Pibb. I don't Pibb. know Mr. Pibb, so really? Dr. Pepper. I'm a pepper. You a pepper, too? I'm a pepper. Root beer versus ginger ale? Whoa, <laughs> uh, well, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's root beer versus cream soda. You're yes. comparing apples to oranges over there. <laughs> really? And it's cream soda or yeah. sarsaparilla. So it would Dr. Be gi- Brown's cream soda. So it would be ginger ale versus 7-Up or Sprite. Sprite. G- ginger ale is its own thing. Yeah. There's ginger ale that is made by Coke and there's ginger ale that's made by Pepsi. It's a whole different thing. Yeah. On the, on the Pepsi challenge, Coca-Cola versus Pepsi, who won? Well, I didn't they vote. Never, they never released the... Uh, well, what company did the ad? That's who won. Pepsi. Yeah, and so. Pepsi made Coca-Cola change their formula after all that success into new Coke, yeah. which lasted about three months, and then they went to original Coke, went back. Biggest flop in, in marketing history is the... Uh, is Coca-Cola because of the Pepsi challenge. So that's the interesting thing about the cigar blind taste test. Is it going to change the minds of people? Because we talk about the taste of cigars, and I'm not tasting anything because I have such a cold. But I'm not t- tasting anything because I'm not smoking. The majority of the flavor of a cigar does not come from the wrapper. does not come from the filler or the binder. It comes from the band around the cigar. <laughs> That's right. Yes, and I think we'll get I'm to that I'm smoking this, yeah. therefore it is a good cigar. Mm. Or this hey. is a good cigar, and that's why I'm smoking it. Jose Blanco said the best thing I ever heard. The best cigar is the cigar that you happen to enjoy. I might not agree with you, but if you're enjoying the cigar, that's what it's all about. Yeah. True or false. I mean. It's not the best selling. That's no, for sure. but one man's favorite cigar. He might be the only man on the planet, but if he enjoys it. There's a dude that buys that friggin' box press dark one. What's the, uh, tastes like burning envelope glue. Onyx. The, Onyx, thank you. He buys a box of Onyx a week. He likes them. And, and that cigar absolutely sucks. It's been proven time and time again. <laughs> but in his mind, he's he, not wrong. It's his favorite. He's totally wrong, but. He's not so, wrong. He likes it. How correct? can you say he's wrong? He my, likes my, it. In my opinion. In your yeah. opinion, he doesn't like it? No, in my <laughs> opinion, he's wrong for liking it. Oh, but, but he is right. for He does like it. Yes. Spends an awful lot of money with us, so we're going to let him keep buying it. Um, when it comes to employees, do you recommend running a cigar shop solo? 
No, and as I said early on, uh, learn from my mistakes because some of my mistakes were let me be as lean as possible and why have an employee. How did that work out for you? Yeah, obviously not good. <laughs> but lean meaning expenses for an employee. Sure. But there's no way you can give proper customer service being all by yourself. In the days of putting the sign on, be back in 10 minutes on the window, and I had those made up and stuff when I had to go to the bathroom. You have to go, you have to go, and whatever, and then somebody standing there, and he, they know what you just did, right? Just terrible. Or, or, bathroom shaming? Was it was yeah, that going shame, on? shame of bathroom. And, um, you know, saying to a customer that's standing there, can you just stay there and watch the place for a minute? I'm going to the bathroom. Oh, my God, you're asking for trouble. Especially in Somerville, Massachusetts. Right, you're right. missing a then box I'm, or two at the, that yeah, point. Yeah, then it's almost like a contest. Was it, were his pockets that bulging when I left him? The register is gone. <laughs> no, no, I didn't take it. It's in your hands. You know, it, you're asking for trouble. And, um, yeah, you can service a customer better. You, a salesman comes in, you're able to deal with that you know you're missing opportunities well not to mention you have uh when you have and we do it here we talk about it all the time at staff meetings we have redundancy as far as the staff is concerned there's not only a manager on duty but we have at least two people in the building at all times before we open yeah so that it doesn't end up being uh you keep your loss prevention basically down to a minimum then you don't have employees stealing because that's that's the other thing you bring somebody in and you're paying them to do a job, and you find out that they're taking from you. Yeah. That's another tough... Well, and, and it could be anything. It could be your supplier, the mailman, anybody that walks in, the, the customer. Um, and, you know, any retailers listening to this, don't ever judge a book by its cover. The guy in the suit and tie and the kid mm -hmm. with the hoodie. The guy with the suit and tie, I caught more than I caught with the kid with the hoodie. I well, mean, the kid with the hoodie is just better at it. Yeah, I don't know. He's better at it. Because it could be anything. Hell, two years ago on a Saturday morning, this guy came in, you know, open cut on his face, a little disheveled. You looked at him like, all right, this guy's nothing but trouble, and he wound up dropping a few hundred dollars. Yeah. So you can never judge a book no, on its cover. No, And when, you, when you're looking for an employee to have... An employee should be an asset, not a liability. It shouldn't cost you to have an employee. If, if that's the way you're looking at it, here's what you got to get straightened out here. The employee should be bringing in, because he's in there, extra money. In other words, maybe recommending a cigar to somebody that is getting these cigars and saying, have you seen this cigar over here? Right. And maybe you're going to give one of these a try someday or something, because based on the cigars you like, this is one. The guy says, all right, I'll try that too. He's just paid for his hour. You know, and if he does this every single hour, he ends up being an asset to the company sure. and better, better service or giving the customer what he needs. And when I say what he needs is so some guy comes in and says, oh, I'm, I'm, I drew the short straw. I'm supposed to pick up cigars for the golf today. I need four mild cigars, blah, 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 blah. OK, these are the four cigars. And the sales, the, the cashier, there's a cashier and a customer. This would be a cashier, rings them up, puts in a bag for him and he's off and running. He did not give that guy everything he needs. No. So the guy ends up showing up at the golf course, and he says, I got the cigars for everybody. Here you go. And the guy says, you got a cutter? And he said, oh, geez, I didn't get a cutter. The guy didn't say to him, listen, those are four torpedoes. You're going to need this yeah, cutter. Yeah, you can't bite the end of those. 
And here's a inexpensive way to end up doing it, and this is what you're going to need yeah, to do. Throw in your glove box or your golf bag when you're done. And then he's got this book of matches, and you stand out in the golf course, and four people are trying to light their cigar with this book of matches, and that isn't working either because you didn't sell him an inexpensive jet lighter that's going to work for him every single time, and that's what he needed also. Or you sold him a lighter and ran out of gas when he's on there because he didn't have the refill fuel right. to, to what it is. So you didn't give that customer a great experience. He had a terrible experience. He ends up biting the end of the torpedo. The cigar is unraveling. It burned like crap because you could barely get it lit. The total experience is ruined because you didn't actually sell that person what he needed. Because you were busy, because an order was coming in and you didn't have a second employee. Right. Or the employee that you hired was a cashier and not a salesperson and not looking to make the experience the best it could possibly be for the consumer that walked in the store. And I bet you 90% of the cigar shops that fail is because they hire the cashier versus the salesperson. You're really hiring an, an experienced specialist. You're hiring someone that can look into the future and see what the problems are going that are going to arise and be able to take care of those problems in advance with the customer. And I think the customers are happier for it. All right, right now let's take a peek into the asylum from our friends at Asylum Cigars. They're coming to take me away, ha-ha. They're coming to take me away, ho-ho, hee-hee, ha-ha. To the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time. And I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats. And they're coming to take me away, ha-ha. It's time for news from the Insane Asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true, or are they? Brought to you by Asylum Cigars, Take No Prisoners. Asylum Cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars with sizes ranging from 4x44 to the absolutely insane 8x80 Asylum Cigars. We've become a lazy society, and one of the most menial chores ever, folding clothes, now has a lazy option. Introduced at this year's Consumer Electronics Show is a $1,200 Foldy Mate, which smooths over your pants and shirts and automatically folds them for you. I don't know about you, but I've had this device for years, and I called her mom, and then later in my life, her role was replaced by my wife. Come to think of it, if she's listening, $1,200 for the device would be a lot cheaper than the divorce that she's now contemplating, and that's not only insane, it's asylum. They're coming to take me away, ha-ha, they're coming to take me away, ho-ho, hee-hee, ha-ha, to the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time, and I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats, and they're coming to take me away, ha-ha. Would you spend $1,200 for a device that folds you clothes? cost me a lot more than 1200 <laughs> But you were a bachelor for a lot of years. You yeah. fold your own clothes? No, I just shoved them in a drawer. Really? Yeah. You didn't fold your clothes? No. If they were really Have bad, I ironed the them in the morning. he comes to work? He clearly doesn't fold his clothes. <laughs> He's a mess. We're always impressed when he washes them. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you guys, I'm going to have to go to you for your taste here on the Griffin. The Griffins. It reminds me very much of Barnyard, and that's not a bad thing. Um, it's a great early morning breakfast cigar there's you know there's that hay note there's a cedar note um there's also a little bit of a nutty component it's a great early day cigar this has been lasting me i'm not even halfway done with this i may just go through through this the rest of the time because i can't taste whatever yeah, it is. why waste yeah, i'm at halfway why waste the other cigar we're at uh, we're at an hour now so the construction on it is impeccable. Yeah, I mean, perfect, perfect burn. burn. Yeah. You know, for me, as you know, Dave, I typically smoke stronger now, but this brings me sort of back to my earlier smoking career. I think I mentioned to you before the show, 
I haven't smoked one of these in 20 years. Right. <laughs> so you smoked with my dad. I did smoke yeah. them with your dad. This it is did. what he smoked. I got a long story about that, but I'll save that for another show. But, you know, I think for me, it's a, a great, as Barry said, early in the day cigar. I'll probably be reaching for one again. All right. There we go. Maybe not this long, huh? Because that was a seven and a half <laughs> inch, seven and a half <laughs> inch by 50. They make a Corona size of this. Hell, $143 savings for a box of two guys, cigars.com. I would reach for this size again. It's unbelievable. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, more about running your own cigar store. I could talk about this for days, uh, but maybe I'm going to uh, change your mind and uh, turn you off to it. Or uh, if you ac- actually, uh, after all this, decide you're still up for it, uh, welcome aboard because it's a great industry. I love it, and I can't get enough of it, but uh, we're far and few between, I'll tell you. Maybe you're one of us, though. We're live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire, in the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. And you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Stepping into the aging room has a new meaning at Aging Room Cigars as Raphael Nodell has traveled to Spain, where the idea for Aging Room Solera was born. The Solera method of aging has been used for centuries in the making of wine, sherry, brandy, and rum. The method mixes different vintages, allowing them to age together. For Aging Room Solera, Raphael takes several tobacco vintages and puts them in bales where they age together for another 12 to 18 months. This allows the tobaccos to marry for a longer period of time. At the end of the aging process, Aging Room Solera becomes a balanced and complex cigar with a fantastic price point. Aging Room Solera. It will have you calling for an encore. In a time where humidors are overflowing and retailers' shelves are on the verge of buckling, there is one brand that stands out amongst the rest. Sereno Cigar Company offers four distinct blends. The Connecticut, the Medio, Maduro, and Maduro XX, all aged to perfection. Crafted at the La Corona Cigar Factory in Esteli, Nicaragua, each artfully crafted blend comes to life by the experienced hands of master blender Omar Gonzalez Aleman and industry veteran Anthony Sereno. To create this masterpiece, a combination of hand-selected filler tobaccos from the fertile soil of Esteli and Jalapa are aged for over five years and then draped with a luxurious wrapper leaf to bring you an endlessly complex and majestic experience. A post-roll aging process of two additional years allows the blend to marry, creating unmistakable and ever-changing tasting notes that tantalize the palate, leaving you anticipating each and every drop. Visit SerenoCigars.com for a list of retailers, and you can always find Sereno Cigars available online at TwoGuysCigars.com. Sereno, a majestic cigar to perfection. You've heard us talking before about the best cigar magazine in the world, Cigar Journal. You want to know what makes Cigar Journal the best cigar magazine? Cigar Journal covers every angle of the cigar world. From exclusive stories and features, insightful interviews with industry power players, detailed cigar reviews, and of course, all the latest news and reports surrounding premium cigars. We're telling you, you will be impressed. Cigar Journal has stunning images, explanations 
editions of Cigar Science Basics, this is the magazine for any cigar enthusiast, or better yet, passionado. Cigar Journal covers cigars in the U.S. and around the world and is printed right here in the USA. You owe it to yourself to discover the world's best cigar magazine, Cigar Journal. Available at your local cigar retailer and on the web at their new website, CigarJournal.com. That's CigarJournal.com. You're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Let me tell you a little bit about the Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary Cigar, or what they call the Three-Peat. Crafted in Rocky's boutique Nicaraguan factory, the 15th anniversary was released in 2010 to commemorate Rocky Patel's 15th year in the cigar industry, and it impressed right out of the gate. The Robusto and the Torpedo both scored 93 points in Cigar Aficionado, while the Toro and Corona Gorda both notched 92 points. The Rocky Patel 15th anniversary is a robust cigar with notes of toasted spice, roasted coffee, and almonds. Rocky Patel himself has referred to his 15th anniversary as the decade on steroids. The 15th anniversary has also been named to Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars of the Year list on three separate occasions. Rocky's only brand to accomplish the three-peat. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. The La Galera Habano uses a classic wrapper on a staple cigar for a classy company. Hi there, this is David Garofalo of the Cigar Authority, and I want, no, no, I need to tell you about La Galera Habano. The La Galera Habano is an authentic cigar elaborated with the hands of the best cigar rollers of Tobacalera Palma in the Dominican Republic. Blended around an outstanding, flavorful Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, the Dominican-grown Corojo binder, and the filler made up of Peloto Cubano, Criollo 98, and Peloto Oro, creating a medium to full-bodied, attractively consistent, and aromatic smoke that envies no other. I love this cigar. Have you tried La Galera Habano yet? Well, what are you waiting for? Available at Better Cigar Shops worldwide is La Galera Habano. The wait is over. La Galera Habano. Justo and his father, Julio Eiroa, are continuing the tradition of growing authentic Corojo and now bring you Aladino. Aladino is a true old-fashioned cigar, pure authentic Corojo grown in the Eiroa tobacco farms in Honduras from the original Cuban seed of Corojo. An Aladino cigar represents the golden era of cigars in Cuba, and after one light, this old-school smoke will bring you back. Aladino cigars come from JRE Tobacco, a family-centered company who manage all aspects of cigar growing and manufacturing. This crop-to-shop operation is fully committed to providing you with quality and satisfaction. The premier Corojo grower in the entire cigar industry is Julio Eiroa, a tobacco grower and master cigar blender who personally guarantees that Aladino will provide you the opportunity to enjoy the true authentic Corojo taste. Take this journey and be part of history in a cigar smoking experience like no other. Aladino. 
This yep. is the Cigar Authority. That's right. The authority. We can't have anyone freak out out there, okay? On everything cigar. we got too far. In. There's too much to lose. And out of the cigar industry. Keep our With your host. Como se llama? David Garofalo. On count of three, name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it. Just name it. Ready? One, two, three. Velociraptor. Mr. Jonathan. You know what? I respect women. I love women. I respect them so much that I completely stay away from them. Barry Stone. What an incredible Cinderella story. This unknown comes out of nowhere. A former greenskeeper now about to become the Masters champion. It's time to light them up. Favorite non-pornographic magazine to masturbate to. It's time. Good housekeeping. For the Cigar Authority. We just become best friends. Yep. And we are back with our number two, broadcasting live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Sound set. And are you sure you want to open up a cigar store? Uh, do you have what it takes to succeed? Do you know the fundamentals of business? Welcome back, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. And you're listening to the Cigar Authority, broadcasting over eight years, making it the longest continually running cigar podcast. Awarded the Ambassadors of Cigars by Cigar Journal Magazine. Awarded the top ten educational podcasts by Podbean four years in a row. The Cigar Authority is the most listened to cigar podcast in the world. Cigar Radio at its finest. The Cigar Authority is a proud member of the United Podcast Network. Catch the podcast on demand at any time or our daily blog at thecigarauthority.com. So what do we have here? Tea with honey. We have a little ginger tea with uh, with honey for your cold. And uh, you know what? The, uh, the My warm sore throat is, is not only congestion, but sore throat. Cold is better for me, but I can I can tolerate the hot, the cold, uh, the hot bothers the nerves in the bottom of my oh, teeth really? but i'm on two doses of, uh, of the pain medication my wife's picking me up so i'm all right wow all you're right. on so much pain medication you need a driver i need a driver really it's a good time i did a lot of um cold medicine but that does it doesn't uh i don't know i guess it, it depends on if it's the if it's the sleepy stuff yeah. you gotta be careful um, oh, plus I've been drinking. That's the uh, no. I'm just, <laughs> I was being Barry for a second. Right. All right, Barry. Uh, this is uh, the next cigar of the day. I was thinking um, to myself, why bother smoking it? But I'm going to smoke it, and I'm going to go back and forth because I did this lot yesterday, and they tasted exactly the same to me. And I'm wondering if these two are going to taste exactly the same, but they're very different. Uh, and they are, and this one's uh, Mula, and it's manufactured in Nicaragua by Perdomo Cigars. We're about to light up the Toro, which measures 6x50, and it's a Nicaraguan Puro, and it is part of the Cigar Authority Care Package. A single cigar will set you back $3.59, while your box price is just $69.99, which is a savings of just under $20, or 22% off the single price at twoguyscigars.com. If you're too far away from a brick-and-mortar retailer that carries it, try twoguyscigars.com. That's the number two, guyscigars.com. All right, so I did the math quickly <laughs> at your $69 a box of 25 $2.80. And if you smell the foot, it smells like an espresso brownie. Smell that, Dave? It smells like lemon because I squeezed the lemon <laughs> in my fingers. And I can smell that. <coughs> For me, the, for me, the uh, the aroma off the foot and the cold drawer reminds me of walking through a cigar factory. You got that that raw tobacco aroma that, as a cigar smoker, you don't want to be heavenly. smelling that. You're going to sneeze. Oh, good call. Thank you. <laughs> if I sneeze, I will die. The stitches all up in the back. Oh, my good throat, call. My throat is so raw. So 
a Perdomo cigar at $2.80. So is it a long-filled cigar? Is it a short-filled cigar? That's is, the question. Is it a sandwich? Cuban sandwich, they call it. And a Cuban sandwich, not meaning ham with cheese in a panini pressed, <coughs> but some short fill mixed with long fill. I'm a, since I'm not smoking my cigar, if you don't mind, I'm taking mine apart. All right, so it's time to cut our cigar. Why don't you cut your cigar too much? I will. I certainly will. It's time to cut our cigar, in Jonathan's case, too much. The official cutting is brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand that, while all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. I like the tag. It was a little tag Very team good. action there. Very good. So uh, I'm going to do what we advise people on the Cigar Authority not to do. I'm going to cut below the cap and uh, see what happens to the cigar. It should come unraveled pretty easily. Okay, I'm hurting now. <laughs> uh, I feel like David right now. I can't see the. Uh, I didn't cut far enough. <coughs> what kind of lighter is this Lotus? This is the Lotus Mercury. This uh, cigar lighter features two jets that are angled in toward each other so you get pinpoint lighting accuracy. It's a single action, meaning you press down, it not only ignites the flame, but also lifts the cover so you don't get dust over the jets. You get an easy adjustment wheel at the bottom and a flip-out bullet punch, all for the low, low cost of $29.99. That is the Lotus Mercury. So Moolah is a cigar that was made by Perdomo for us many, many years ago. As a matter of fact, I think it was 15 years ago. And it served two different manufacturers actually worked on this $2.80 cigar. One was the design of it, and that was Ernesto Padilla. Get out of here. Designed the cigar. And Nick Perdomo is the one that manufactured the cigar and worked on it. And I wanted a real budget cigar that would be saving people some moolah, uh, slang meaning money. And originally, inside every single box was money, was Nicaraguan money. So we bought a pile of Nicaraguan money, and we'd throw one bill, a, a five, a 10, a 20, not dollars, but their pesos, pesos or whatever, whatever they called it, in it, which was like 32 to one. So it was very cheap anyway. So you get a 10 and say, oh my God, I got a 10 or something, but it was nothing, you know, it's 32 to one. And uh, the problem that was happening is every once in a while we'd be opening a box and the money wasn't inside of it. And people were stealing it. The people that was put it in the box because it meant a lot to them anyway. So then for a while we started um, just photocopying the money, but then people would say this is a fake thing. And then we just said, okay, Screw enough it. of that. And then uh, time, how much do you do for a $2.80 cigar, right? For $2.80, I was expecting this was going to be short filled and. I'm all the way down to the center where the Lajero is, and it so far you'd make a you'd be hard pressed to make an argument for mixed fill. This is it's a long filled cigar. It looks like it's long filled to me. <coughs> There's a couple of short pieces in here in the Lajero, but I th that could be my rough hands taking yeah, it apart. Yeah, seventy bucks for a box of twenty-five. That's Lajero. So, mm. yep. How about that? Unbelievable. So just for the hell of it, I'm going to go back. We're talking a mild. 
Dominican versus a medium-bodied? It's medium-bodied, but in terms of Nicaraguan cigars, it's a mild Nicaraguan. Okay. And I know that's confusing, but it just feels like... Why don't you just talk English, Barry? The processes used in Nicaragua lead to fuller-bodied cigars. So or is the, it the volcanic soil in Nicaragua? So here's the deal. They make a plant, they grow a plant, tobacco plant, and they want to use everything. And Lajero was that centerpiece that he's seeing there, mm-hmm. you have a little juice, but you'll, you'll notice that the, the top end of Perdomo cigars is using the third, fourth, and fifth priming. So who's using the first and second? Maybe they're using a little bit of it, but every single plant has the same amount of first, second, third, fourth, fifth. Right. So then there becomes an abundance of these other tobacco mm-hmm. products, and there you have moolah that you can give us first and second priming primarily put a little bit of Lajero in it and then you have a blend that has some flavor to it but it's not going to be quite what a Perdomo is and you have Mula. I smoked it the other and day and to me it tastes exactly like the Griffin it's the same cigar but <laughs> it's very different right? Very different yeah I smoked it the other day because I had a feeling that I was uh, going to not be smoking on the show and we were all talking about it so I hadn't smoked one in a while I do taste more um uh, maybe spicier, right? You get spicy. See, I got a little vanilla sweetness with some nuts, but there's a little bit of red pepper on the aroma. I got a little pepper when I smoked it, a little, but I'm with you on the uh, the sweetness there, that vanilla, almost a, like a vanilla cherry. I could see that. I was thinking more like vanilla bean, but vanilla cherry works as well. Like if you had a cream soda and you just put a, a shot of the cherry syrup in there. Like one of those old Italian You know, we spoke soda of sodas drinks. before. You remember getting the old-fashioned cherry Coke at, at a real soda shop, and they put the squirt of cherry in the regular Coke, and that's how cherry Coke was? Yeah. And then Coke came out with cherry Coke, and it tasted nothing like the fountain yeah, soda. I, yeah. So, just a walk down memory lane. <clears throat> memory lane. So, now, you, we, we've gone over a lot of stuff here. We've gone over... Um, why somebody would want to open it, what the hours are going to be like, whether or not they're going to stay in business, if it's going to be multi-generational, what the hours should be, should they hire somebody. But the most important thing that that I think everybody tries to discuss, but they don't discuss it from the right perspective, and I, I believe that you have the right perspective because I work for you, what should they be carrying and why? So they should be carrying something... Uh, first off, your, your your boss as a retailer, some people will think, wow, I want to own my own store so I can be my own boss. Quite the opposite when you're in retail. You have hundreds, hopefully you have hundreds and hundreds of bosses, which are your customers, because they come in and you say, how can I help you? How can right. I service you? Because you are... Those are two different questions, by the way. Yeah? How can I service you is different than how can I help you. Just... Right. Point of point of uh, so interest. What you have to have is what's right for them, not what's right for you. I like Lanceros. I like fuller bodied cigars. Well, I like you, this, you can't I like that. use this as an opportunity to beat up on Barry. It's not and and Ed Sullivan <laughs> for we, what they like. But, but we see that you know a lot of stores that fail. It's because the they guy who purchases the cigar, like. they carry what they like, and what you like is not what the masses enjoy. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta find have. a balance, and you'll soon realize that 
you will not carry things that you like because they cannot make you a profit. And it, it's so weird to, you know, some people, it becomes their hangout, their cigar store and stuff, that they have a problem with you profiting. The only reason why you're, you're doing this is to profit. It, Correct. It is a business, right? You, it's a business for profit. And it needs to profit so much just to cover itself. And at the very, very end, the little bit that's left becomes yours. Not the money in the register is not yours. You're an employee, and you're going to get the least amount of pay. And at the end, at the end, at the end, at the very, very net, 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 at the end of it, after every expense is covered for the entire year, insurances, and you, there's no end to what it is. At the very end of it, if you're getting 5% or so, you're doing good. 5%. So when somebody ends up saying, hey, give me 10% off on that. The guy's lucky if he's netting 5%. Right. If he gives everybody 10%, that means he's negative 5%, and his inventory is going to go from 300000 down 5%. And each year, it's going to be less and less that's in there. And when you go walk into somebody's cigar store and you see very little inventory, the time has come. The inventory is going to dictate what it is, the health of, a, of any business. You go into any department store, you see little, little on the shelf. It should it's be problems. a sign. Yeah, we have problems here. You, you're looking at what it is that they don't have inventory because inventory becomes more valuable. You know, t take away a, a uh, you know maybe a, a grocery store with um, things that go bad on them. You know, cigars don't go bad for you if they're kept properly, but you know you, if you have a vegetable stand or something, you don't have much. It means you sold a whole bunch of stuff sure. and get fresh. But short of that, you go into a cigar shop and you're seeing the inventory level less and less and less. His problems. Right. And Old Fire Freddy wants to compliment you on your retro two guy smoke shop sweatshirt, by the way. Yes, this is old school, huh? He digs that. He because digs that. He's even, old too. Even though we got a warm day today, I'm still, I got the chills. I'm, yeah, by the time we leave, it's going to be frigid again. But we got a question from the chat room yeah. from Joe Gutt, who usually chimes in every week. And he wants to know if there's an advantage to becoming a branded cigar lounge like the Diamond Crown Lounge that we have in our national location. Well, there is because uh, in a case like that, that they offer um, a little kickback at the end of the year. If you if you do it, they actually offered to pay for some furnishings that happen in there. And there was uh, benefits when it came to that particular one. But there is not an advantage if this is not the right product for your store, for your customer base. You know, branding something strictly for, you know, giving up the rights to your lounge for a few bucks is... You well, know. you pointed it out last week when you have manufacturers that are going direct to consumer and now they want to put a lounge and basically right. advertise to your customer who they were planning on selling singles to anyways and then selling these deep discounted boxes of what may or may not be the same cigar that you're carrying in your store. <coughs> this, is, this becomes a problem. Yeah. So I guess the short answer would be the advantage would be to work with a company that will work with you as a retailer versus uh, a branded lounge that will work against you yeah. as a retailer. You want someone that's going to be one of your partners, not somebody perfect that's going to be an adversary. That's a way perfect, it. perfect word. And I mean it. I mean, you're in business to, to sell cigars, but the, the product that you end up carrying, you, you're really partnering with that, with that manufacturer to a, to a certain degree. And if their best interests are to take your customer, maybe this is not the right partner to be with um, if, if their uh, end is much, much stronger than yours. You know, very hard to say. Equal partnerships, they're in two different things, but they got to line up to a certain degree of what that is. What's in your store? 
uh, is going to determine your success, your long-term success. Short-term is a different story. Uh, listen, some manufacturers would probably give you the cigars for free to get them on your shelf, especially somebody like us, to get them on the shelf, to give them for, for nothing. Oh, my God. Then we sell the cigar, and it's 100% profit of each one we sold. But then what happens to the customer? Do we, do we in turn, lose that customer to something else? Uh, and they buy online, or they buy from somebody else, and you end up losing the customer. 30, 33 years in the business, I'd like a 33 more years. So my job is to keep it going uh, for not only me, well, I, I've got to be able to retire. That's so right. Keep going. Now I have to worry about you guys and everybody else that I'm works. I'm hoping for me. 18 more years. 18? Yeah. All right. So we got 18 to go. With Barry, and then we're, we're free of that. Uh, <laughs> we could just fire him. I mean, that'd be faster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every everything I say, I said something this morning. Oh, oh we're gonna have to. He goes, I got some bad news for you and some good news. Which was we're so, changing the show up. So I asked for the bad news. He tells me we're changing the show up. I was like, ah, oh, that's good because somebody usually starts off with bad news. Either A, somebody died. B, you're losing your job. Or or there is no C. Yeah. So he went with. He's gonna lose his job. I go every single time I say anything, it's like I'm losing my job. So you could try doing your job better. It's become like a running joke, you know, just like, you know, yeah. I'm not really an alcoholic. Right. <laughs> that never was a joke. It was always a sad, <laughs> sad reality. So, uh, you know, all retail is now getting to a point where um, 50% of it's going online, no matter what it is. Same thing's happening in the cigar end. So you, the experience in the retail environment has to be better than it ever has been. So our customer service has to be better than it was. The experience of the person coming in the, in the store has to be better than it ever has been. Um, you should have, uh, it's, it's not easy anymore. The old days of saying, um, we have the best selection. We don't have the best selection. The best selection is on Google. Everything is there. It's not the best selection. We have the right. best price. You don't have the best price. I don't care what your price is because somebody's got a better price of something. You've got thousands of different brands. Somebody's got a better price. So you're a convenience store right now. So short of just being a convenience to the person, at least have, when they come in there, a great experience. In other words, the cheers. Everybody knows your name when you walk through the door uh, and they feel good about coming into your store, that you've got a smile on your face, that you're knowledgeable of the product and able to show them something they may have not seen before. Hey, Joe, I know you like Brand X, um, and we have them right over here for you. They're all fresh and perfect condition for you, but I also wanted to show you this one. I've smoked yours before. I like it. My taste is similar to yours, or Joe's, Bill's taste some of yours and he loves this one too mm -hmm. maybe someday you want to give that a try this is customer service a lot of people are going to look at it as oh you're trying to upsell me trying to sell me something else no we're trying to keep you coming in trying to show as opposed to we never say anything to you you keep end up buying and the next thing you know you get sick of that brand mm -hmm. ah, i got sick of it and you god forbid the guy thinks that he's oh i just i just lost my taste for cigars well no yeah. you know what the crop could have changed on that cigar and it could have changed to a flavor you don't care for this is why you want to try to bounce around. And as a cigar smoker myself for all these years, I love cigars. I want to try every single cigar. Yeah, you know I'm that way. Yeah. So I think everybody wants to be. So you can't really shove it down everybody's throat to try this new thing mm -hmm. because some guys, they, they smoke Brand X, that's it. Mm -hmm. I think they're, they're ruining it. They're ruining mm -hmm. their own enjoyment of cigars. Yeah, but well, you ate the same dinner every night. Every night. But, but you love cheeseburgers. But every night, mm -hmm. every night. I've been eating a lot of mashed potatoes <coughs> the past couple of days. Really? 
So, you know, bouncing around a little bit or getting a little out of your comfort zone that let's say you're a mild cigar smoker and this moolah is a medium. Maybe you'd still like it. It's a little oomph, a little more than this one. Give it a try. Don't be afraid of it. And don't don't be a don't be bothered, you the consumer, of going into a store and somebody's trying to show you the new product. Just say, I'm not interested or whatever it is. But keep in mind that that guy that's in that store, if he owns the store, he owns, you know, it's his business to do that. It's his, and if it's the employee that's there, his business is to sell too. We're here to sell cigars, right? And you can't be ashamed of it. It, it is a business, yep. and that's what it's about. It's a business for profit mm-hmm. so that you can survive and for them, survive for them. Because when you go out of business, they're not going to have a place to go to either. So they don't look at it until you go. Oh, my God, I missed that place and whatever. They'll know it after the fact of something, but let, not let them know. But you've you got to be profitable for them, for the employees you work for, and for, for you and your family. Um, so uh, from that point, let's find out what's up in the cigar world with Barry Stein. It's time for What's, what's up? up in the Cigar World, brought to you by Recluse Cigars. You want to know what's up? Recluse Cigars is what's up. Voted the 2015 Cigar of the Year is... The Recluse Amadeus Reserva Habano. Every Recluse cigar goes through eight, count them, eight fermentation cycles over the course of two full years. They are box-pressed and rolled end to bar for a perfect draw every time. If you haven't done it yet, be sure to try a Recluse cigar today. And nobody likes a bully, and Altatus USA is the bully once again, suing a cigar company for the use of the Flor de Lay symbol, which is used on their Monte Cristo line. This time, the company sued small manufacturer Figaro, who uses the symbols and the colors of the New Orleans Saints, who happen to use the same symbol. No word if the French who first used the symbol plans to sue Altatus for their use. New Mexico has once again proposed to raise state taxes, which failed last year if passed the tobacco tax in the land of enchantment would go from 25% to 76%. The seventh largest city in the U.S. and second largest in Texas, San Antonio has raised their tobacco age from 18 to 21, which means the 21 movement has officially entered the state of Texas. Alabama's proposed raising the tobacco age in the state from 19 to 21, and the bill is expected to be voted on early this year. And moments before the show went on, Reinhold Widmeyer of uh, Cigar Journal reached out to me, and he told me the Cigar Rights of America and Cigar Rights of Europe have agreed to create the first ever international Enjoy a Cigar Day, and it's proclaimed to happen on May 31st, 2018. On the day, they hope to draw attention to some of the following, including that the cigar is a luxury product enjoyed by discerning adults, and it's not a habit, rather an indulgence. Uh, That the premium cigar is a natural line. Uh, Premium cigars versus other tobaccos such as cigarettes should not be treated the same way. And that lastly, the cigar culture would be uh, hurt severely by any regulations, and the cigars should be given a world heritage status. Uh, So we'll be able to share that in the coming weeks. But May 31st will be International Cigar Day. You probably smoke a cigar that day. And and that's what's up in the cigar world. What's up in the cigar world was brought to you by Recluse Cigars. The Recluse Amadeus Habano Reserva uses grade-A Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, a San Andreas binder, a Dominican Lajero Seco, and Pennsylvanian Broadleaf filler tobaccos, which create a blend we call the Cigar of the Year. 
Recluse Cigars is what's up. And right after the show, we'll have that up on the CigarAuthority.com so you can read what the intention behind it is. Beautiful. Okay, looking at our calendar of events coming up. I am off to Dominican Republic tomorrow. And um, when I come back, we will go to what was supposed to be um, this this week's show, which is going to blind taste test. And I have two cigars for the panel to smoke, A and B. And then Jonathan's going to bring on his two cigars so that I can partake in it, C and D. I don't know what his are. He doesn't know what mine are. And uh, there is no wrong answers, but it's an interesting process to go through of uh, trying to... In, in this case, the Pepsi Challenge, basically, which is better, A or B? That's all to you. So that, that's why there's no wrong answer, because it's to you. But you may get shocked to say one of the cigars that maybe is one of your favorites, something that you haven't smoked before, or you smoked and you didn't think about, head-to-head, one in one hand, one in the other, you like the other one better. Maybe. We'll see how it turns out. Uh, moving ahead to uh, January 27th, the Ten Commandments of the Cigar Shop. This is uh, now talking to you as a consumer. Right now I'm talking to people opening cigar shops or cigar shop owners today. This time we'll be talking to uh, the consumer and telling them what they should be doing in cigar shops. That's, uh, so, uh, our good friend Miguel Chaudel that uh, <coughs> came up with the Ten Commandments of Cigars. Yeah, in the retail shop. I think Miguel is with Crown Heads now, right? I believe he is, yeah. Yep. Um, February 3rd, I'd like to talk about, and this will give you some time, what's in your humidor? Cigars you haven't smoked and why? They may be a cigar you haven't smoked because you're saving it for a special occasion. A cigar you haven't smoked because you think it's a piece of crap and you didn't want to smoke it and it just sits there and sits there. Um, what, what is in that humidor that you have just keep pushing aside and pushing aside? Waiting for the right person to come over and dish it off on them. <laughs> uh, and and the, these shows are based on some of the information we receive from you, the, uh, the listener, who uh, wrote into the Contact Us page of the Cigar Authority and has given us information of what we should do. So we're going to talk about um, on February 10th, meet the employees. They actually asked for employees to jump in. So maybe we'll do a little rotation of yeah. people on the floor and bring them up and uh, give a little quick interview and see uh, what they're all about. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Right. They'll be able to see we have Mr. Clean working for us. That's right. <laughs> right. Uh, February 17th, some people say Ernesto Carrillo. They had that too, 100%. Yeah. Uh, February 17th, cigars and social media. So I'm going to put you on that. you got a lot of... Uh, My opinion shit. might not be what everybody expects it to be. There you go. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. No matter what, though, we know that it's going to be wrong. <laughs> so early thoughts here on a uh, $2.80 cigar on... Um, Moolah. You know, it's not the greatest cigar in the world, yep. and we're not going to pretend that it is, but it's a good yard cigar. You know, you're, you're doing some yard work, you're cleaning out the shed, you're going to smoke a cigar. This is the perfect cigar for that. Or you're hanging out with a bunch of buddies, and a guy's an occasional cigar smoker, and you don't want to give him your Atabay or your Byron. You have a few of these in your humidor. He's not going to be disappointed. It's a woody cigar. It's an earthy cigar. And there's enough sweetness in there that brings it all together into something that's worth $2.89. Yeah, $2.80. I think, Dave, a lot of the value price cigars tend to be on the milder side. This one has a little bit more to it. It's not a strong cigar, but... Uh, 
I think it's definitely, I agree with Barry, it's something that uh, you could give to almost anyone and you could definitely use it as a yard cigar. Yeah, and you saw uh, when you take it apart, and most people don't take their cigars apart, a cigar in that kind of price, under $3 cigar, I'd, I'd be damned box. if you in a box. I'll be damned if you're able to find one out there that's not a short filled cigar or a mixed filled cigar. This is a long filled cigar for that kind of price. It's pretty unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I look at the band, and all I can think of is Richie Rich. <laughs> I look at it, and it says Ernesto Padilla to me, because he's the one that designed it. He probably read a lot of Richie Rich comic maybe, books. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, the offer of the day, the classic three-way, and uh, some more uh, tea with lemon for me. My voice is gonzo. We'll be back in minutes. We're live from the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. You're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Let's talk a little about Rough Rider cigars. So here is where the motorcycle culture meets Cigar Nation. This badass-looking cigar uses the name Rough, but delivers a smooth as silk ride each and every time. Even before lighting one, you can't help but notice its sweet-like honey flavor. Smooth and creamy, resembling slightly sweetened butter. Outstanding! The Rough Rider Cigar is so beautiful in so many ways. We're talking a premium cigar, imported, long filler cigar, but wait till you hear the price. Every cigar is in the $3 price range, that's right. Even the Churchill in the 6x60, every cigar is in the $3 price range. Rough Rider Cigars, there's nothing rough about Rough Rider except the name. Rough Rider Cigars. The following message is brought to you by Drew Estate. Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars and the new Drew Diplomat app. Join me, Barry Stein, from the Cigar Authority on Drew Diplomat. As you know, I am quite partial to Liga Provider number 9 from Drew Estate. So join me for a Liga and share your experience with Drew Estate. And while you're at it, don't forget to check into Two Guys Smoke Shop on the Drew Diplomat app. Drew Diplomat is now available for the iPhone and Android. To learn more about Drew Diplomat, visit DrewDiplomat.com. That's DrewDiplomat.com. You must be at least 21 years of age or older and a resident of the United States, including D.C. To be eligible for membership in this program, other terms and conditions apply. Surgeon General warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Since 1903, when La Aurora Cigars first opened their doors as the first cigar factory of the Dominican Republic, they have defined Dominican cigar manufacturing. Now, La Aurora continues that innovation with La Aurora Dominican DNA, featuring an exceptional blend whose soul is the Anduyo. La Aurora pays tribute to the oldest Dominican tobacco process with a cigar that features tobacco that is part of their heritage and their DNA. The La Aurora DNA features this hard-to-work tobacco that brings the unique characteristics of strength, inspiring aroma, and sweetness that creates an exceptional smoking experience that only La Aurora can bring you. Experience La Aurora Dominican DNA with its Cibao Valley Dominican wrapper, an authentic Cameron binder from Africa with fillers from the Dominican Republic, Pennsylvania, Nicaragua, and Anduyo. Available at top retailers like twoguyscigars.com and is distributed in the United States by Miami Cigar & Company. Jose Dominguez, Jose Dominguez. 
Jose, Jose Dominguez. What the hell are you doing? I'm writing a commercial for Jose Dominguez. Well, what you should be doing is talking about how good they are. That Jose Dominguez makes millions of cigars for other people, but saves the best tobaccos and the best blend for his namesake, Jose Dominguez. Not singing a song, if that's what you think you're doing. What I am doing is creating what is known as a donut. Hey, nobody's going to take away your donuts. No, a donut in a commercial is when it starts with a jingle and then the information comes in and then ends with the song again. The information is the filling of the donut. Why does everything you talk about have to center around food and usually donuts? I don't know. Listen, Jose Dominguez cigars come in four great sizes and two wrappers. The mild, buttery, smooth, natural, and the slightly bolder Maduro. And every cigar is about $5. You know as well as I do, Dave, Jose Dominguez is no $5 cigar. It's worth so much more, it's a sensational value. Okay, here's the end of the donut. You ready? Jose Dominguez. Jose Dominguez. Jose. It's time to light that cigar... And stay tuned. The Cigar Authority will be right back on the United Podcast Network. Raised in Cuba and steeped in the rich tradition of the Fernandez Cigar Legacy, A.J. Fernandez produces unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua, ensuring superior quality. The day-to-day operations at Tabacalera A.J. Fernandez Cigars de Nicaragua are managed under the watchful eye of A.J. Fernandez himself. Through a fusion of inherited techniques and learned patience, A.J. Fernandez filler tobaccos are grown from prized seeds which are proprietary only to the Fernandez family. Perhaps the most essential quality of the A.J. Fernandez line of cigars, such as New World, Enclave and Last Call, is the perspective and motivation of A.J. Fernandez, as well as the history of the Fernandez family. Enjoy the continuing legacy of A.J. Fernandez cigars. This is Eric Hansen from Hammer and Sickle Cigars, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority. And we are back, broadcasting live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Sound Set. Events at your shop, how to treat your competitors... Really? And a quick recap of the fundamentals of opening a cigar shop. Welcome back, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. Uh, under the weather, um, terrible cold for me, Mr. Hopefully Jonathan, four wisdom teeth. We're at the tail end of this thing. We're, we, we're made, we made it. We got 20 minutes left. This is what you got to do. You got to own a cigar shop. You got to suck it up, and you got to show up for work when you're feeling lousy. I'm going. So you uh, want to do that, or you want to just work for the man and uh, call well, in sick? I only work for the man, so I'm going to sleep after this. I'm yeah. taking a nap. <laughs> Um, am I, I going to get rich if I open a cigar shop? Probably not. Hey, the best way to get a small fortune opening a cigar shop is to start with a large fortune. That's right. And that comes from our friend Andex. Yeah. And Rafi Nadell had said to me before, you know how you make a million dollars in the cigar industry is start with two. That's right. And then you got a million dollars at the end of it because you end up losing. But it doesn't have to be that way. You can certainly make money, but it's a slow road. It's not like you're going to open the doors and all of a sudden the money comes pouring in because what you're going to try to do is actually make your business rich, not you rich. And this is this is a thing that you did where 
it almost cost you everything because in the state, when the state of Massachusetts put their just 12% tax on, they did a floor tax. And you had spent 10 years building up inventory right. to do the right thing to make your business itself wealthy, not that you were wealthy, but to make the business wealthy and healthy. And the government steps in and says, oh, no. All this that you've done for the last 10 years, you now owe 12% of that. Right. So I had to move. So a lot of people give you credit for the ballsy move, but really your hand was forced. Because of doing all the right thing all those years, it was a make or break moment. Yep. So you you had to make a decision or something. My hands were pretty much tied, so I had to do what I had to do anyway. But it's what to do in situations like that. Uh, There are opportunities. So when bad things end up happening, okay, this bad thing is going to happen, what's the opportunity? The opportunity was I had three locations in crappy areas. So let me rebuild and take what mistakes I made and redo them. It's a do-over. So the do-over is let me start with better locations because if I was to turn the clock back and say, let me do it again, let me do it again, and this is good for you because I'm going to give you 33 years of experience, my, my first mistake was opening in bad neighborhoods. Not good areas that could succeed. In, um, location, 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 right? So location is the first thing. So the next time I end up doing it becomes an uh, unbelievable great location. The second store I opened, uh, this is, well, s- store number four, great location. Store number five, great location. Store number six, great location. If I was to open another store, what do you think? I think the location would have to be great or better. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, don't make I, would smile. Not, I would certainly Ooh. not go back to doing that, the same mistake. Um, and another thing is a way to grow. So if you opened a store that was 500 square feet, which is what my store was, the original, yeah. um, I couldn't grow. If I was to grow, I couldn't grow. So with, with that actually comes some problems because you get a place that, oh, my God, I can't even fill this place up. And to fill it up costs money and stuff. You seg- segregate areas and you do different things and stuff. But you at least envision the future of what's to go on. And that really is part of the key for business. It's as much about your imagination as it is, it seems, about your business acumen. You've got to be able to look into the future and say, okay, this is a direction that I want to go. And it sounds a little hippie-ish, but put it out there. And then eventually, maybe it's subconscious, but eventually, maybe that goal comes to fruition. Yeah, at least have a vision of, of the direction you want to go. Are into. you a hippie, David Groff? I'm not a hippie. I'm not a hippie. Do you always zig when they zag? I do. I do that a lot. Um, Are you, you know, successful in spite of yourself because of it? No. All right, just checking. Some people will say the rich get richer. And it's not that. It's, it's they end up... Somebody already successful ends up being successful again, and they end up getting successful again because they learn from their mistakes, and they don't repeat the mistake, and they learn from their successes, and they end up doing those over and over again. Again, you, you have the slot machine. You put $100,000 in, 120000 come out. Oh, my God, that worked. The next opportunity came like that. Oh, I doubled up. Oh, my God, let me put $200,000 in now. Let me put $300,000 in. I've heard you make reference when somebody does an event in the store, and I've heard you say this, uh, they're offering a buy three, get one free, and you say, and I quote, that is not an event, that is a travesty. It is. It's, it's what the hell does that mean? So a lot of people build their businesses, their stores, and say, I'm going to have a busy day. 
Uh, and again, they're playing the small, the short game. A busy day of a buy three, get one free. A buy three, get one free means you're giving up 25% of the business is free. It's not costing you anything, but you're giving up that in sales. Yeah. And you need sales. If you keep doing that, and people that do that, oh, three times a week or something, and let me ask a manufacturer if they'll end up doing this over and over and over again, you probably lost 25% of your overall business over time. 25%. You know what our numbers are. We just had a, a sales meeting of what's going on. To try to grow our business, and we grew 2 3%. Oh, my God, the work that goes into trying to grow 2%, 3%. Imagine dropping 25%. It's game over. You keep doing the, those type of things over and over again. So an event should be an event, and you should do events in your store, but they should be events. We just had an event last night, which yeah. was a uh, blind, blind tasting. That was fun, an event. It was an experience for everybody that was there. They never did it before. Uh, we learned something. We had fun doing it. It was an event. And it, 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 it was an event really in somebody's life. The people that went to that particular event, and we can call it that, they will remember that experience that they had here at Two Guys Smoke Shop. Yeah. And was there a promotion that went along with it if you ended up buying it? Yes. So the manufacturer wants it to be some deal to get people to end up buying or whatever. But the, to call the event simply, it's buy three, get one free, and this is the event. Why don't you just put a little sticker on the box and says buy three get one free? You don't need to do anything. It's, right. it's you know you don't need an employee. You don't need anything. It's it's not an event. It shouldn't even be called that. But that's what they end up calling it. Now one of the events that we do here is our annual anniversary party. What what was the onus? What was the your mindset behind kicking off the first anniversary party at year eight? Year eight because at that point I was all in. So uh, I'm eight years in the business. I had and you missed being a dish years. jockey. You missed throwing serious parties. Well, there it, it, it was a serious party going on in Boston. Um, the um, gentleman cigar smoker they wouldn't allow me to be to take place into it. I, ah. and I, and I wanted to be in it, so I created my own and did my own. But what I wanted to do was actually bring the, the customer into Two Guys Smoke Shop world and be part of the family, basically, and celebrate our birthday, basically, the anniversary of Two Guys Smoke Shop. And, and allow anyone that wanted to be there to be included, unlike yourself, who was excluded from the cigar dinner. Maybe you shop at a bunch of different cigar stores or a bunch of different stores across all kinds of different things that sure. you purchase. There's not a whole bunch of them. You know how many years they're in business. Well, uh, and, and, and two guys, you know it. Because Macy's we, has never invited me in. I buy suits there. They, don't, they never invite me in for their anniversary party. Right. So <laughs> that's part of it, too. So there's a lot that goes into it. Um, I, you know, there's in, in, in two hours, there's no way I can tell you this is exactly how to do a cigar shop. But I know I could open another cigar shop up next week, and it would be successful because of... Not the successes I have, which would amount to something, but it's the failures, right. the things I did not to do again. My favorite as I thing, watch other people doing the failure thing that's guaranteed to fail. My favorite thing that you say is my favorite thing now, and it used to piss me off so much. We would have something that would go wrong, and you would say, what can we do so that this never happens again? Right. What can we do so this never happens again? I believe that you embrace failure. Let's see what's uh, for the offer of the day today. The Don Raphael Offer of the Day brought to you by Don Raphael Cigars. Everyone has a price. Would you do this? And if so, how much? Where do I want to go with this? I'm going to go to the top. $100. That's the top? Yeah, the top one on the page. Okay. 
If it has anything to do with wisdom teeth, I'm out. It'll take you one second, $100, and maybe I could do it right now. Eat a dead fly, 100 bucks. Oh, sure. please. I'd do that even risking the infection. Bring it on. Sure, Someone we bring we me a fly. scorpions on the show. A dead fly? The sure. filthiest thing there is? No, no, sure. no. The maggot is the filthiest one. The fly, he's already flown off. He's fine. He's got those little tiny feet. He can't even hold germs on him. You know what they do with those feet? That's what they eat. They touch and they land on shit, and that's what they eat. Yeah, but he, their, their feet are so little, they, they can't even hold the germs. It's I'd the filthiest thing. You'd never eat a fly. I would eat a fly in one that's second. That's it. We're doing this. Ed Sullivan, would you eat a fly? Absolutely not. Barry and, and Jonathan would eat a fly sure. for 100 bucks. That'll buy a few drinks. Not that I'm an alcoholic. Not that I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, really? Eat a fly. You yeah. won't eat a Twinkie, but you'll eat a fly. Correct. I don't know where the Twinkie's been. Oh, wait, are we talking a regular house fly or a horse fly? Regular house fly. Okay, I'm in. Really? <laughs> I'll eat two of them for 100 bucks. Oh, my God. I had 500 and I crossed it down to 100. Good thing. Think figuring you wouldn't. Oh, hell yeah, I'm in. Oh, my God, that's gross. <laughs> Grossest thing. Now, something that I noticed from, uh, and, and we don't have a lot of time, but this is an important part, is you've helped others in the cigar industry, just like you just did. I mean, you basically gave a second state of the cigar industry address here with uh, taking it just into retail. I've watched you help other retailers over and over and over again, and is that something that you believe is part of your success? Well, it's good karma anyway. Help other people, and we're all in this together. Our, our competitor out there, uh, there's a few competitors out there. Uh, government. Pe- government. The, the guys, in some cases, the guy's wife. You better stop smoking. The, the kid tells his father, stop smoking. The doctor. Right, the doctor, the government. These are the enemies. The enemy is certainly not my competitor. He's my brother. Right. We're in this together. If, if there's only one person I can talk to about this industry, it'd be another cigar shop owner because he's lived the life. He knows what it takes and to go through it. So, yes, a big thing is to end up helping them and to help the industry that we're in. So I've been on the board of directors of IPCPR for six years. I've been on the board of directors of the Tobacconist Association of America, the only retailer in the Cigar Association of America. Um, The... um, Davidoff Board of Advisors, helping out manufacturers. Um, I helped form the organization here in New Hampshire, the Cigar Association of New Hampshire. Whatever I can do to any retailer that ends up wanting to survive because the Their famous survival saying is, is your survival. <clears throat> well, a lot of people say rising tides raise all ships. Right. There I was in the 80s, and cigar shops were not what cigar shops are. And then the 90s came, and so many cigar shops opened. And you know something? I grew. So many cigar shops opened, and it, it, it didn't make it worse for me. It actually made it better for me. Right. And more people were smoking, and, and more people, let's even talk about, we're doing the Cigar Authority podcast. There's other people doing podcasts about cigars. It's good. It's all good for all of us the more we do. And their success becomes more success of us. And, you know, I'm much like you. I'm a competitive guy that I want to be the best I can possibly be. So if somebody else is doing really good, it makes me work even harder to do even better. Right. And hopefully it does the same thing for, 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 for them that they're trying, because we're doing a good job on the Cigar Authority. Their show has improved, hopefully. 
or their cigar shop is improved because of it. I happen to know the best cigar retailers in the country. We know each other, right, because we're all in the same organizations. When I sit on a board of directors of some of these things, it's funny who the other people are that are on there. They're the successful ones. We don't get paid. We take time away from our own businesses, and we have thriving businesses. We don't have extra time. Our time is the most valuable thing that we end up having, and we give it away for free. And with that comes along negative. The people who talk negatively to us because who do you go to? The guy on the board of directors right. say, hey, the trade show is at the wrong time of year, and this is wrong, and this is wrong. But those are the people that sit on the boards helping other people for zero money, and they get the grief for it. Why is that? Why are those the successful people? Because you'll find that in everything. Yeah. That's the way it is. So the guy that's staying to himself and not helping anybody and stays to himself and greedy, I'm going to keep it all. I'm not going to tell anybody what I'm doing. I'm going to hold it everything to himself, that's the failure. That's the guy that ends up being a failure, how I've seen it anyway. Um, how about a classic three-way? Can we squeeze it in? We can do it. It's All right. our show. Time for the classic. You've heard of Epic Rap Battles. But now it's time for the Epic Battle. Wow. It's kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. For this day. Tell anyone about this, I'll kill you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. In classic history. Is looking at you, kid. Brought to you by Classic Cigars. Nervous? Yes. All classic cigars are handmade and imported from the Dominican Republic. And every cigar is priced under, get this, under $3 per cigar. You like that, baby? That is more where I came from, yeah! Choose any blend, including the Classic Connecticut for its mild and smooth taste, the Classic Maduro for its bold and spicy flavor, or the Classic Cuban for its sweet, sun-grown, and nutty overtones. That's undertones, you idiot! Whichever classic you choose, it's a classic cigar. Available at TwoGuysCigars.com, that's... TwoGuysCigars.com Celebrate today with a classic cigar. Okay, who's our champion? It was the guy with the blue ball last week. <laughs> so it goes to Mr. Jonathan, the champion of 2017. Correct, correct. Still, January 13th, Mr. Jonathan, is the birthday of Patrick Dempsey. TV actor most popular as um, he was on Dallas, wasn't it? Dr. Derek Stewart in McDreamy on Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. Do you know Grey's Anatomy? Barely. I'm going to guess. Ellen Pompeo. Do you know she was my next door neighbor when I grew up as a kid? Really? In Everett. And my mother and her mother were best girlfriends. Her mother died tragically very young, but she was my next door neighbor anyway. Patrick Dempsey was nominated for TV Movie Award for Best Kiss on his role as Robert in Enchanted. Is that bringing it back any memory to you, Nothing. Mr. Jonathan? I'm going to go 1944 and just play it safe. Play it safe at 44. He's a customer of TwoGuysCigars.com. Did you know that? He's a customer? Yes, he is. Wow. His uh, agent orders cigars for him on a regular basis. Wow. And I'm going to say 1967. 67. It's 1970. 1970. 1970 is over. It was 66. Barry, you won over. Mr. Jonathan played it safe, as he said. And he did. He's a customer, isn't that why awesome? I'm the champion. That's why, Barry. Played safe sometimes. Barry, Julia, Louise Dreyfus, TV actress, comedian, first gained recognition on Saturday Night Live, then went on as Ellen Bennis on Seinfeld. Oh, Elaine Bennis. Elaine Bennis. <coughs> she also starred in uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm in uh, the early seasons. In the new adventures of old Christine. Born right. today, Julia Louise Dreyfus. 59. 59, Ed Sullivan. 
66. 66. Going for two points on this one. 1962. 62 is just over. Damn it. So it becomes Barry at 59 at 61. One to one, Ed Sullivan. Trace Atkins, country singer who topped the Billboard charts with more than 25 times, including songs like Ladies Love Country Cowboys, also appeared as a panelist of Hollywood Squares and plays Elvin on the animated TV show King of the Hill. Trace Atkins. No idea who he is. 1968. 68. I smell T-R-O-U-B-L-E. 1960. Oh, that was Travis Tritt. Never mind. I'm still guessing 1960. 60. 51. 51. Mr. Jonathan's guessing and takes the win at 60 at 62. Wasn't, uh, doesn't he also do commercials for, um... That's Brad Paisley. Yeah. Geico? No. For some Wounded Warrior project or something like that. Uh, maybe. No, nobody's doing. So that was Mr. Jonathan. Two points. Barry won. Ed Sullivan's none. Tomorrow, January 14th, is the birthday, Mr. Jonathan, of LL Cool J. Ladies love Cool James. Uh, one of the first true rap superstars' debut album went platinum. His album, Mama Said Knock You Out, is considered one of the best hip-hop of all times. This he, doesn't make any sense. He took me right out of the radio industry, <laughs> and right out of the music industry. Also became an actor, appeared on uh, in films Any Given Sunday and SWAT and NCI Los Angeles. LL Cool J is mad as hell. It would be you and me. I think it's me, and I'm going to go 1967. 67. 61. 61. I had 65. 65. Mr. Jonathan says 67 at 68. Point for Mr. Jonathan. Three to one to Ed Sullivan. Zero. I need to play on narcotics more (coughs) often. This is great. Barry Stein, David Grohl, rock singer, drummer, guitarist. First role to prominence as a drummer in Nevada. Also became founder and lead singer of the Foo Fighters. David Grohl, born tomorrow. What year? 72. 72. 1968. 68. 70. 70. 68 will take it at 69. Nice job, Ed Sullivan. He's on the board. One for Barry. One for Ed Sullivan. Three for Mr. Jonathan. One question remains. Two points to tie him or else, and it goes to a tiebreaker or else this is it. It goes to Ed Sullivan. Richard Waters, a.k.a. Slick Rick, rapper, hip-hop icon, known for the narrative singles La-dee-da-dee Dottie and Christmas Story. La-dee-da-dee, we likes to party. party. Yes, we do. Slick Rick. We don't cause trouble no. and we don't bother nobody. There we go. <laughs> no, none of your description helped me Nothing. in any way. So I'm going to say... 1964. 64. Ooh. I'm going to go 61. 61. I locked in 60. 60. 61. 64, says Ed Sullivan. For the point, it's 65. So, Mr. Jonathan is our champion. That is it. That is it. Damn, Skippy, I'm with it. La-dee-dottie. We like to party. And you know the rest of that, huh? All right. So, here's the last question for you. Would you do it again? Would I do it again? Would you open up a cigar shop? You sell out, somebody buys you big money, the non-compete ends. I could do it easy. Would you do it again? Right now, 2018. I could do it easy. Um, 
If I had never done it before, uh, it's, it's me. It's you. Somebody bought you out. The non-compete was five years. They bought you five years ago, and it just ran out, and you're ready to go and start from scratch and do it right, but it's 2018. But I got all the money. <laughs> yes, yes, you, you got all the money. I remember that $2 million will quickly become $1 million. Yeah. Like, if, if you were a relative of mine saying you're going to go into the cigar business, I would, tr- I would try to talk you out of it. It's too risky. It's too risky because of the moves that are going but on. But you know with the, the risks. Manufacturer. I do. You know the risks and you know the players. You would but, be in the best position to do it again. And here's the thing, Dave. What else yeah. are you, what else are you going to do right. exactly? Right. Well, I don't know how to do anything else. Christian Aroa. Could I sell anything? If I can sell cigars, can you sell anything? Pretty much. No, because it's a different industry. There's nothing like this. Christ- nothing like it. Christian Aroa got back into the industry and reached out to a few key players. All right, I'm in. I'll do it. I'll do it again. You would. You just got to find somebody to buy me out just so I can start again. <laughs> it would be fun, right? It would be fun starting all over again. All right, or uh, would it be very difficult, right? I don't no, know. Oh, I could do it tomorrow. I think that the tough thing would be in the case of Christian. He had a tough time starting up as the manufacturer. Being the retailer, you kind of... You already have the wheels greased a little bit. You'd be going in with capital. You'd know how to play the game. Could I do it anywhere? Could I go instead of being here in the Northeast? Could I all of a sudden end up in the middle of the country somewhere and start again? Nobody knows me. Here you go. And it'd be popular. Yes, I think I could. Uh, and we're in the area. Where's a lot of people go around? This, this, this has, this has a reality TV show written all over it. So, Dave, could I be your partner? No. Uh, see, I knew the answer, yeah. but I thought I'd try. And no by partners. the way, Trace Atkins did a PSA for uh, Wounded Warrior. Wounded Warriors. Yeah. I knew it, yes. Yeah. So you know it. You hear it all the time? No, I had to look it up. Really? You, you don't hear it in your, in your head, though? No. No, I hear it all the time. We're not watching the same station. Okay. I don't watch a wire TV. No. He doesn't watch me TV. No? And that's the only no. thing you watch. All right, that's it. I'm, I'm back in the back. All right, the final thoughts on Moolah. Jonathan? Oh, wait, you're not smoking. <laughs> not smoking. You, you know, it's a good value price cigar that when you're on a budget, it will scratch that itch, so to speak. It's enjoyable. It's going to save you a lot of money yeah. or whatever it is. I, I, I can't even. Uh, you know, if, I, if I had $20 in my pocket, would I buy this? No. But if I only had a couple of few dollars, I would not be upset purchasing this. Yeah. Okay, Ed Sullivan. Ed smokes. Yeah, I don't. I don't really smoke at this price point. But no. if I did, I think this is certainly a, a good option to try. Yeah. So anyway, that's it. All right. Next week, I'm back from the Dominican Republic, where I would be tasting blends. What a bad timing this is going on. Unless I just miraculously wake up tomorrow and I can. And, but Get that. Monday morning, I'm I'm going to be tasting cigars like left and right. But I don't see how this is going to play out well. Get your body temperature elevated. My cold will be gone when I return next week because it's already too long already. Mr. Jonathan's sockets will be closed. We hope. Right? We hope. If it isn't, my God. And we're going to smoke four different cigars, two in each hour. Don't try this, kids at home. We're professionals at it. We're blind. Taste testing next week. Until then, you've been listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Hey, you might have actually learned something in the last two hours, but it doesn't matter. Always remember to keep the lid end out of your mouth. Thank you. 
The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.